Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer Podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Welcome to another epic episode of the One Year No Beer Podcast. Um, I'm allowed to say that because, of course, I've listened to this podcast, and um, I'm very, very excited to be joined by a very fascinating guest uh, who describes himself as a fatherhood disruptor and healthcare innovator. Uh, intentional parenting may be a concept you've never come across before. So let me introduce you to Justin Batt, who can explain exactly what it means. Justin, welcome. How are you doing? So good to have you, Roy, be on the show. And you use the word epic, and that is our word for Daddy Saturday as well. Those are the experiences we try to create by being intentional with our kids. So perfect title to start this podcast off. I love it. Um, so why don't you give me a little bit of background story into you, your journey, and how you came to set up Daddy Saturday? Yeah, so over a decade ago, I found myself newly married. My wife was a teacher, Heather, and she wanted to get out of the teaching industry. So I said, you know what? Why don't you start a business? I'll support you in that. And I'm going away for a business trip. When I come back, show me your business plan and, and we'll figure it out. So I came back from my trip and she said, well, I want to do babies or bridal. And I said, well, you know what? That's great. You got birth, you got death, and you get married in between. So I like the model. And we ended up settling on the bridal industry. And so she launched a couture bridal boutique. And uh, at the same time, we had our first child, our daughter, Hayden Olivia. We actually named the store after her. So Hayden Olivia Bridal. And I found myself as a, a corporate father who was in corporate America working most of the week and coming home you know, late on Friday. And I would have my daughter, Hayden Olivia, all day on Saturday because Heather, being a, a new entrepreneur, wore all the hats and had to work her store on Saturdays, the busiest day of retail. So we had some fun on Saturday with just dad and his daughter. And it was pretty easy at that time with just one child. But fast forward a couple of years, and we added three boys to the mix almost every two years. <laughs> now it was dad and his career progressing and you know, moving up, more, stressor, more pressure, more stress, more anxiety, and four kids on Saturdays by myself. And at that time, you know, I had an infant, two toddlers, and a, you know, an er early you know, nine-year-old. And so you, you had this insane mix of kids at different ages. And you know, one in a baby bajorn on my chest, one I'm carrying in my arms, the other is trying to just wrangle them and keep them with me. And I found myself just not showing up the way that I wanted to in those Saturdays. I had been given a, a tremendous blessing of a full day with dad on Saturday and supporting my wife. And yet I wasn't maximizing those days. And a big reason why is because I was not managing my role as a father, my role as a husband, my role as a leader for the family the way that I should have been. Part of that, and fits into one year no beer, was I was calming myself down or having the, the occasional drinks on Friday night just to make myself mellow out or couldn't wait till my wife got home so I could have a couple of drinks late on Saturday uh, after being with the kids all day. And I had what I often call a dad hangover on most Saturdays. So I'd wake up and I would not feel 
feel like engaging my kids, but I, I had to engage them. I wanted to engage them and I wanted more. So long story short, we started planning our days together. I said, you know what? I'm tired of being tired of this and I want to change this. I have a unique opportunity here. And so I started planning our days together, being intentional, being engaged, trying to create those epic moments or memories of dad with his kids. And we did all sorts of things. I mean, every obstacle course you could imagine, all sorts of backyard games. We traveled, we did, did insane things that uh, we started filming and putting on YouTube. And pretty, sh- pretty soon, I started to get people interested in our platform. They were watching our YouTube, commenting, saying, I want to do this too. The neighborhood kids were coming over. Uh, the dads in the neighborhood were also kind of engaging to an extent. And I found that I had something special here. My kids and our relationship, my communication between myself and my kids, my relationship with my wife um, really started to blossom from being intentional and planning that time with my kids. And I saw in myself and in my family that I had a recipe, a secret that I could use to help other dads who were just like me, who were that physically present father, but emotionally absent. It's a form of fatherlessness. And I could help them better engage their kids, be intentional with their kids, and help them raise good kids who become great adults and in turn, change the next generation. So that started everything. And from there, I did a TEDx on fatherlessness, really learned about the epidemic that we have in in our world of a lack of father living in the home, but also the father who's there physically, but emotionally absent. And then I wrote a book called Daddy Saturday, which is kind of the field manual for how you be an intentional and engaged dad released that just in June. And now we have an omni-channel platform. We have an Alexa skill. You can ask Alexa what you should do with your kids uh, on the weekend, and she'll look at your weather in your area, give you the activity, even put the items you need in your shopping list. Right now, it's in the U.S. and wow. Canada. We'll expand that across the, the globe. So stay tuned for some of your international listeners. And we've got a whole bunch of other resources that we're using through a for-profit and a non-profit now with the big, hairy, audacious goal of reaching 10 million fathers in the next 10 years and ending fatherlessness. Wow. Wow. Woo-hoo. That is epic. As I said, <laughs> um, love the physically present but emotionally absent um, counted as fatherlessness. I don't think there is a father out there who will not be triggered by that because I think we all go through that sometimes. Um, and certainly, um, digital devices. Um, that's one thing about parenting, isn't it, is guilt. <laughs> guilt, is, guilt is something that one is going to feel. Um, so um, that is amazing. You need to tell me about your Alexa skill because um, I'm all over that as well, how you, how you got into the Alexa skill. Um, I know because I, I spoke to you before about this sort of um, plan that you come together with, with, uh, with fam- uh, for a father to make an actual plan. Tell me a bit more about that. You know, what I found is that, you know, if you're not intentional, it just doesn't happen. And typically, because you're physically present, but emotionally absent, in order to change that cycle, you've got to break that paradigm. And what I found was that uh, feelings follow behaviors, behaviors don't follow feelings. And so there were many Saturdays, I would wake up and not feel like engaging my kids, but I would get out there and just start doing it. And I had that plan to back that up, which made it easy. And all of a sudden, we're in the moment, we're in the mix, we're, we're engaging each other. And guess what? Now I felt like being that dad, I, will, I was that dad, we were having an amazing and epic time. And I realized that, that that was an important piece of it. Because there's many times where as dads, we don't feel like it. The other piece of that was all dads want to be better dads, they just don't know how. The other big issue is that many dads would rather do nothing than do it wrong. 
therefore they do nothing. And that goes back to your guilt concept. So again, in order to break that cycle, the intentionality piece is so critical because if you're sitting down on a, on a Wednesday night and you're spending 15, 20, 30 minutes, maybe more, uh, depending upon what you're trying to do and planning out what you're going to do with your kids over the weekend, that intentionality is going to set you up for success because now it's on paper, on purpose. You've planned it. You've got your either your ideas or the supplies you need for your activity. And now when you go and do it, like the, the, the insane thing about all of this is just by that one little thing of you setting a little bit of time ahead to plan that strategy out, what happens is your kids start to recognize that. And all of a sudden now it becomes what Daddy Saturday has been for me something my kids look forward to every single week. And without fail, they know unless dad is like on his deathbed, we're going to do a daddy Saturday and we're going to do something fun and exciting and engaging. And so now my kids are also engaged with me and as, and as a part of that. And, you know, the activities that we do, I like to say that they don't have to be expensive, extravagant or extraordinary. Roy, there are things that you can find around the house or things you can find in your backyard, in your local community. The important thing is it's not about the, the what, it's about the, the why and the how. So the why is you're doing it to be an intentional and engaged dad to raise good kids that become great adults. The how is you're being intentional and planning that time ahead of time. If you do that, my promise to you and your, your community here, your tribe, is that the, the what is it will be epic if you just do those first two steps. Wow. If, I, if I'm somebody who's already, you know, I take the kids out for a weekend and I, and I do this ad hoc and I'm doing that. What is the extra source that you're adding um, that, that, that is going to make me more of an intentional, engaged dad? It's a great question. So a big misnomer is, you know, just like one year, no beer, people think that it has to be a year. Well, really, it's a 90 day challenge, right? That then transforms everything else in your life. Daddy Saturdays is not about Saturday. It's a lifestyle. The purpose of intentionality is saying, okay, typically for most parents, they have more time to engage the kids in the weekend. That's why Daddy Saturday was named. That's why it's so important. That's what worked for me because of my particular case. That may not be the case for others. But the point is, how do you then look at your week and say, what are the chances that I can, or what are the times that I can take my kids out one-on-one to have one-on-one time to engage my kids so that mm. I'm spending that, that important time? You have two daughters. So how do you take your daughters on daddy-daughter date nights and plan those at least once a month so that they understand what it's like for a great guy who has manners and treats people with respect and you set the bar really high for that future guy one day that comes into their life, what that's going to look like. And by the way, it opens up communication, builds relationship and rapport with your daughter and it's going to make your wife extremely jealous and you get to take her out on date nights too because you can't just take your daughters and not take your wife, right? It's, it's also putting on your calendar that your son's got a baseball game at 4.30. So you've got to leave work a bit early that day and you've changed the whole way you approach work now because you re- recognize that if I take a meeting that is a waste of my time, then that means that that's one hour or an hour and a half that I can't get back in my day. And therefore now I am pushing what I need to do during work into my at-home hours. And so now I'm checking emails or I'm sitting at the ball game with my head in my phone instead of being fully present and engaging in my kid's game. So the concept of Daddy Saturday and intentionality bleeds over way beyond just Saturday. It is a lifestyle. It is a parenting approach to say, look, I'm going to take this limited amount of time, this finite time that I have with my kids in the home, and I'm going to approach it all with intentionality. doesn't mean perfection. I fall short all the time. I make plenty of mistakes every day, uh, but I'm striving towards 
creating that relationship and building good kids who become great adults as a, as part of that process. That's so, so awesome. Um, and um, I can't use Epic again because I've used it twice, but we'll come back and use it again later. And, and uh, you know, I'd be guilty of this on many occasions, certainly with building um, one year no beer of being distracted by the phone of letting one year no beer consume takeover evenings, all of that kind of stuff. So if I'm listening to this and you're, you're, I'm thinking, well, wow, I mean, um, I don't even know how I'm going to go about doing all that. Um, and also, I don't know if I can, because I've got all this stuff to do. And I've got, you know, where do we go from here? How do I how do I start making this inroad to being intentional? So so here's the cool thing about one year, no beer is the whole concept about one year, no beer is exactly what we're also describing in Daddy Saturday. And that is far more is caught than taught. So when you approach your kids, they learn far more from you just by you modeling the behavior that you want to see in them than they do by you trying to teach them things. So it doesn't have to be this overly complicated process. It starts with you as the parent first and you modeling for your kids what you want to see in them. So for example, if you want your kids to have a healthy relationship with alcohol, well, then you going through one year, no beer, making that change in your life, phenomenal way to set that example for your kids. Um, same way in the use of technology. If you are sitting at the dinner table on your phone, or if you um, are sitting there in the evening time when you could be spending time with your kids reading books or playing with them or doing something else, and you're sitting there spending time on work, you're setting that precedent that the work comes first or that you know social media is more important. Or if you're engaging in television time together, um, you know, I'll just be really frank, I don't think time is an excuse. Um, we're all really busy. Um, I think that there is plenty of time if we look at our day to say, if I planned it on paper on purpose, and I put this on my calendar, and really looked at my time and allocated it well, that there's enough margin in there that I can put my family and have that intentional and engaged time together. I think that's the key piece. And so, you know, I would I would ask people, especially those that are entrepreneurs or or in a corporate role, look at your calendar. Do you have two separate calendars? Do you have a work calendar and a personal calendar? And you know that's one of the things that changed everything for me was when I blended those two together. Now I have one calendar. The really cool thing about that is my, my colleagues at work, many of them see my calendar. It's a shared calendar. So they see my personal stuff on my calendar. They see that I have to carve off today and I'm leaving a bit early over lunch. So I'm gonna go to my kid's school and have lunch with them at school. And it means the world of my kids and I didn't miss anything at the office. And yeah. it carved out you know an hour of me leaving in my day. Maybe I had to stay an hour later that day, but that's fine because I had that intentional time with my kids. So really blending those calendars is an easy way to do it. And I would encourage all of your listeners to, to think about that. And I think going back to the modeling piece, um, again, it's how are you setting up your day in a way that your kids can, one, see you doing it effectively, but two, they can also start to model the same thing. Um, in our house, one thing we've done recently is my kids, the first thing they do when they wake up is they make their bed. Second thing they do is drink a glass of water. Third thing they do is they do a quick little workout with me. Oftentimes, you know, Joe DeSeno would be happy with this. We do burpees. Um, but they often now are leading the workouts. I don't even have to say anything. They get up, they make their bed, they drink water, and they do the little workout. They move their body. They've done, they've accomplished something, and they've done something for their health first thing in the day. Yeah. These are young kids. These are all Brilliant. elementary school kids, Brilliant. right? That is something that I have helped model for them because I do the same thing in my mm -hmm. own life yeah. um, for years. They're so young. If I had had that when I was their age, oh, where yeah. would I be today, right? Yeah. So that's all I'm saying, Rory, is it, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have yep. to be extreme. These are simple things you can do that can make a huge difference. 
Yeah, there's there's a couple of things in there, and um, I'm really I'm really I, I just love this subject so much because I care so much about being a dad, and perhaps there's a lot of guilt in there sometimes. But um, that's that's another question. But you know, Tony Robbins always says um, energy flows where focus goes, and one of the things is you know with my daughter Tilly, she'd gone through this little bit of a stage of um, mummy was her thing, and I think it came from a moment when I perhaps you know was too cross with her over uh, some discipline perhaps came from that moment so she was like all about mummy and in a way a little bit heartbroken for a month or two months three months maybe where she's always like no I don't I want mummy to read the bed and I want this and find that quite frustrating and also a little bit heartbroken (laughs) by it and um, over the Christmas period I was like you know I know I'm going to really get some some time with her so I made sure that we got some time together and when we were skiing together, her and I were buddied up because um, Robin needed a lot more support. Uh, and, and so we spent a lot of time together. <sighs> Different relationship. I have my daughter back. I actually shed a tear this morning, dropping her off at school again, because she wanted to really, I mean, she, she hasn't wanted to hold my hand going into the school for, for, for a while. And okay, these kids go through these, these, these moments, don't they? They go through these times. But I just know, and I have to remind myself that it's dead simple. It comes back to Tony Robbins. Energy flows where focus goes. If you're struggling with a relationship with one of your children, if if you're struggling with your children, if they're out of whack, if there's something going on, you need to focus on this piece. And, And, you know, what Justin is here is saying as a dad is that you can make enormous changes very quickly to your relationship with your kids by making some fast changes and some intentional stuff. So, you know, that's why I'm really passionate about this piece. I know, um, I know I'm learning it. Let me, let me comment on one thing that you, as I was listening to you mm-hmm. talk there, that I think is so sort of critical of something that you said and triggered something for me um, and brought that thought back into my mind was, you know, I've got a 12 year old daughter and we've been doing daddy daughter date nights since she was three years old. And we haven't been as consistent as I've wanted to, right? I set a goal for once a month and there's plenty of months where we missed them. There's been times where we've gone, you know, four months or more and haven't done one. But we just did one a couple of weeks ago. And it was kind of in that moment. She's in those pre-teenager years. She's gone through some life changes. She's kind of struggling with her place in the world as a middle schooler and first year of middle school. And I started to see that communication gap. I started to see some behavior, some responses, some reactions that were out of character for her. And I felt that kind of tension or strain in that relationship. And the one thing that I, you called it guilt, um, I call it tension. And what I found was when I start to experience that tension, that's when I need to really turn up the intentionality. And so I I called a daddy daughter date night. And sure enough, we went out, we had a date night. She opened up to me about some things she was kind of struggling with. Much of it was just dealing with school and typical stuff that a 12 year old deals with. I was able to help her and counsel her as her dad was able to help bring her mom into the relationship to help her with some things that, you know, dads aren't qualified to help with related to the female. And, you know, it rejuvenated our relationship. It's like a recalibration for um, our communication, for our relationship. So much like you experienced, right? And I think that um, it gets harder as they get older, because when they get older, there's this natural sense to kind of pull away. And so you got to pull your kids back to you. And the way that, that I've seen that to be successful is through those intentional times. And if you can set the the mile marker early where, you know, whether it's a date night or just, you know, going for a bike ride or a walk or taking the dog for a walk or just time in the car together, whatever it is for you. Um, if you set that precedent early, the easier it is when they get older to go back to that and to use that as a kind of a rallying point. So mm-hmm. if it's not there, it's much harder. I'm not saying that if you're starting this late, you can't do it because that's not the case at all. In fact, 
your kids may run to you because they've always wanted that type of thing. Yeah. And it may be a slow process, right? The first time I'm coaching a dad right now who um, his daughter's 18 years old, she's about to leave the house. And he took her on the very first date night they've ever had in 18 years. And he was really surprised. Um, they had a great time. And she agreed to do these once a month going forward until she leaves for college at the end of the year. And he like is just crying because like, Justin, you gave me a gift that I would have missed that time with my daughter. And now I have a chance to build a relationship with her that I always wanted. So it's never too late to start. It's never too early to start either. Yeah, I love it. And and that's what, that's what it, the other piece that triggered for me was um, the daddy daughter thing. So I've, I've come into 2020 with being intentional over what changes I want. So the, the, um, affirmations are up on the mirror every morning. The goals are written up on the mirror. The first thing I see in the morning, um, I've, Professor BJ Fogg's uh, new book. I'm talking about it in the audience all the time now. So it's called Tiny Habits. If you haven't read it yet, absolutely get it. Um, it is a revolution in building good habits. Um, and and so I've started following his process of linking habits and things like that. And the one I put down on a goal was, um, I think I put down weekly. So um, a weekly date with one-to-one with my daughters. Awesome. Uh, but but that's the thing with a habit. I put it down into the goal and I didn't actually seed it as a habit. So in here, um, every Tuesday is blocked out date night. So like you say, in, in my diary, uh, my whole team can see that date night is every single Tuesday, five till 10 o'clock in my diary. Um, and um, my wife and I have a competition. Um, so we do alternate weekends. It's always a surprise. It's always going to be something fun, usually something active or could just be the cinema, depending on what we want. But we're trying to have a competition on who can kind of create the best surprise date night type thing. Um, awesome. So that's fun. It's surprising. It, it, it doesn't always happen. You know how these things go. But why am I not doing that with my child one? So thank you for triggering me. Thank you for making me realize I need to put that into my diary and actually be really intentional about it. Like just writing down the goal is not enough execution is absolutely key hopefully some of that was really helpful to you guys out there um who who are parents you know i'm very passionate about this subject um talk a little bit about your uh relationship with alcohol why you decided um, to do that and what changed for you yeah so i've got a, a family history of alcoholism um my grandfather was an alcoholic my dad was an alcoholic he's been sober now for over 12 years so you know i saw that in him and I, part of it was when we go to family gatherings or family events, I would watch my dad and I'm so proud of him for overcoming that. But at the same time, you know, I felt bad because I was still engaging in it there in front of him. And I felt like I was only like kind of rubbing salt in the wound, if you will. So that was one piece of it. The second piece was, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I had that dad hangover on Saturdays and I just felt that it was really important to be there for my kids and be fully present and engaged. And alcohol was something that was taking me away from that. The third thing was, is as I was launching Daddy Saturday, I was about to go on and embark on this journey where I knew I've got a full-time career. I have Daddy Saturday and this movement on top of that. I have a wife who's an entrepreneur who I help. I have four kids. I have a lot going on. Alcohol just didn't fit in that picture. I looked at my the big buckets of my life, my faith, my family, and my fitness and my finances. And alcohol wasn't a part of any of those. And so I just recognized that it was something I needed to take out of there. Um, so I'm a pretty disciplined person. Um, I don't have a hard time being disciplined. I've got an addictive personality. Thankfully, I'm able to be addicted to good things for the most part. And so once I decided I made up my mind I was going to quit, it was that easy. Um, but I did a couple of things along the way that I think could be really helpful for your listeners and your community. 
So one was that the drink that I used to have were two primary things. I would drink Tito's vodka with soda, water, and an orange slice. That was my drink. Um, I'd also have um, wine with dinner, wine while I was cooking dinner, wine when we would go out to dinner. And so the one first thing I did was I replaced, because so much of this is a behavior change, right? And so I replaced the the Tito's and soda with an orange slice with soda with an orange slice. Just took out the Tito's. So when I would go out, I would still have a drink in my hand. I could still be social. And people knew that I wasn't drinking, but at least I still had that behavior change. So it prevented me from becoming, you know, antisocial for the initial part of that process. And it allowed the transition to happen much easier. The wine was a bit harder, but again, I just put something else in my hands. So when I was cooking, I didn't have wine. I would just drink soda water with an orange slice or something else and just replace that. So that was one thing. I think the second thing that was difficult about the process was um, every time I came into a situation where I had routinely drank alcohol in the past. So rejoining those high school or college friends for the first time, going to a, a football tailgate, um, going to a, a a party at work or going for a, a dinner party. And, you know, all those situations I had used to, to drink alcohol in the past. Well, now I didn't or a wedding. And each time I came up against that for the first time, it was difficult. Mm. So I had to prepare in advance. What was I going to do? And And you mentioned this, right? With one year, no beer. Here's the great thing. You give your audience something to say when the question comes up, because it will come up and it'll come up a hundred times depending upon the environment. Yep. And you may get bullied. You may get people making fun of you. So what are you going to say? And so I was really intentional. Imagine that with what I was going <laughs> to say in those circumstances. Well done. And for me, it was, well, I just launched this platform called daddy Saturday. And frankly, I just don't have time to drink anymore. And I also, I really believe that modeling for my kids is something really important. I found myself right now was saying yes to some, yes to alcohol far more than I was saying no. Didn't have a problem, but it's something I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, not a single person, I, I can't think of one who was like, you're an idiot, that's stupid, we miss the old... Like in college, when I quit drinking for a period of time, I got all that flack. But as an adult, overwhelmingly, people were like, that's awesome, good for you. I wish I could do that. <laughs> and... And I, I wish I could do what you're doing. And that's the overwhelming response. And wow. so I'm so thankful that I came in touch with you and Jen, because now I have something to say, well, you can, yeah. um, and here's how you can do it. Right. Yeah. And you've got, you've given them the tools to be able to quit. That's, that's exactly it. Awesome. Brilliant. I mean, amazing and well done for um, inspiring with it. I mean, hangovers and kids just don't mix. Booze and kids <laughs> don't mix. You know, it's like, it doesn't. Um, the whole drinking thing is 100% selfish. The only person that you're affecting is yourself. Um, so that's amazing. Well, um, and Roy, I have to share this with you because I think for me, there were a couple of things that, that in Daddy Saturday, one thing we talk about is this concept of epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And epigenetics is the fact that far more is passed down to you than just your DNA, right? The experiences, the environment, um, the choices that your parents and grandparents, even the third and fourth generation all gets passed down, as well as the culture that we live in, the culture that uh, we're surrounded by, our our environment, our decisions, all of that is imprinted on us. And I feel like in, in the concept of alcoholism or, or drinking alcohol, so much of that is a byproduct of epigenetics. And I looked at my life and my, my, I watched my grandpa, I watched my dad, I watched the people that I respected who were mentors. All of them drank growing up. All of them, that's what I thought you did. That was my number one connection with my father when I was in college. 
and he was still drinking at the time. And he had a problem back then, but nobody just acknowledged it. And it was our connection point. So part of the reason why I didn't want to stop or didn't stop then is because it was it was my connection with so many people that were important. It was the example that had been imprinted on me. Yeah. And most of the mistakes that I made in my young adult life involved alcohol. <laughs> and yet it was the very thing that I thought I was supposed to do because it was going to make me like all those people who were successful or the people that I respected the most. Yeah. Like, the irony of that is incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it is amazing. And I don't know if this is already in your marketing, but from, from epigenetics to epic genetics. Oh, there you go. I love it. <laughs> right? That's great. Daddy Saturday. The on that right? one. Daddy Saturday giving you epic, epic genetics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, I'm sure we will, but how do we find out more about you? How do we get involved in Daddy Saturday? Yeah, so the, the main way is through our website, daddysaturday.com. It's the hub for all things Daddy Saturday. We've really tried to create an omni-channel platform, as we call it. So you can reach us through all forms of social media, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, of course. Uh, and then we have the other components of the platform, like the book. It's on Amazon, so it's a great field manual. It gives you the basis and the background you need as a dad. We have a, a seven-part video series called Dad Boss that we're releasing. comes out in March. That'll be available. And we've got some amazing resources on the website, like the, um, the fatherhood assessment. You can assess your current level of satisfaction with your fatherhood. And then it points you into resources that can help you be more satisfied or be a better dad. Um, we've got the Alexa skill, which you, you were um, talking about earlier, and that's all available there on the, the website as well. So daddysaturday.com is where I would direct people. And then if you want to learn more about the foundation, which is our nonprofit 501c3, um, daddysaturdayfoundation.org. And it's also through the website. And you can learn about the four populations we're serving to help overcome fatherlessness, which are first responders. So firefighters, police, and EMTs, those in opportunity zones, which are low-income areas in the United States for economic investment. Uh, we also have the incarcerated, so those that are in, in prison, obviously a form of fatherlessness. And then in the U.S., our National Guard um, as well. And then the last piece that we're also supporting on an international level, and this is where if you've got any international listeners, um, please reach out if you're interested. We have what's called our Fatherhood Fellow Program. And um, those are fathers in international places who want to impact fatherhood in their local area and restore fatherhood. Uh, we have our first in Kenya, Africa right now, Charles Koetch. And Charles is doing an amazing job speaking and holding conferences and working there in Kenya um, to impact fatherhood. And in fact, my family and I are going over in the spring this year to, to Africa for the first time to meet with him and to help uh, do the same as well. So interested in that, uh, reach out. Info at daddysaturday.com is the best email. Wow. You are a busy chap. And um, that's amazing stuff. Um, we're going to pick up some of your books from Amazon and um, give them out to our members to get some of the, uh, get some of the conversation going in. I'm thinking 10 or 20 books. Um, we'll pick them up from Amazon and um, we'll be we'll be popping that into the Facebook group. So uh, with some kind of competition around it um, to make sure that people are um, picking up some of this Daddy Saturday stuff. Amazing to have you on. Thank you, Justin. Inspiring story. Um, I'd love to pick up with you again. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Rory. Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. One
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.